Well, here we are, another edition of Fork Sports Highway. Uh, tonight we're on Wednesday night instead of Thursday night due to some uh, scheduling con- conflicts. So September 13th, 2023, Fork Sports Highway. Tonight's show is uh, titled Aaron Rodgers Out. Djokovic and Goff win the U.S. Open. Fighting Hops, ho- Fighting Hawks, top Northern Arizona. Texas upsets Alabama. Um... Lots of NFL and college football scores to go through. WNBA playoffs will be uh, kicking off tonight. And I've got old friend Kevin Coma-Gross in the uh, studio tonight. Uh, I want to say hello to the bunch out there. Hello, everybody. There he is. And, of course, we got the legend Bill Deutsch over here. Hey, Monty, what's up? Yeah, well, I heard Aaron Rodgers stubbed his toe. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Something like that. There's some small story going on out there. I don't know what but it for is. For some reason, the Viking fans are all excited, and I don't understand it. I, well, <laughs> the Viking fans. Okay, I'm a Viking fan, but I'm not excited. Um, and then we got... Expert analyst Dale Kulas over here in the house. Oh, was he got his thumb? There he is. There he's back there. Yeah. Guy that provides us all our stats. And if we didn't have him, we'd be sitting here just talking to each other about lunch or something. No, Paul would take care of it. I don't know. That light's pretty bright tonight. Um, boy, I don't know. You want to start off with that Aaron Rodgers stuff? Well, I would say it's probably the n- number one topic of the week. Well, they beat it to death on every sports show all week long, every talk show. Everybody's analyzing whether or not he can come back from the injury at his age. Uh, I don't I don't know. Uh, Do you think the turf was the major problem there? I mean, it was not a real bad blow or anything like that. I mean, he just basically got tackled about five yards deep. Well, I wonder, (laughs) there's a lot of complaints about the MetLife uh, Stadium's turf and people getting injured on it, but I kind of think maybe his fight to try to stay up was as much part of it as as the injury, the the turf itself, because he was trying to fight it off and, and fight through it, and he's an old guy. I mean, I don't know, Kevin, you ever see somebody tear their Achilles tendon? In a sport that you're around? No. I watched multiple basketball players do it over the years. and, and Doug Burgum, right? He's a basketball player. Well, there you go. Yeah, our governor just did this, what, three, three. weeks ago? Yeah. Something like that. And, and, and playing basketball. On and, the campaign trail. Yeah, yeah. And, and all the big date debate. Boy, he didn't get nearly as much coverage as Garen Rogers, though, did he? No. Huh. Well, it was crazy because... I. Just kind of in the whole aftermath of this big injury, just seeing all the, I don't, know, I don't want to say outrage, that's kind of uh, overdoing it a little bit, but just seeing a lot of players all of a sudden do rallying cries, it seems, being like, you know, the turf toe, you know, if, or not turf toe, sorry, if it was for the turf, the, the percentage of this happening would be a lot less. Than- well, I, I think we've talked about that before, and I've been the one that says they should be playing on grass if they can play in Arizona, if they can play in Vegas and Dome Stadiums, and they grow their grass outside. Why can't everybody? I, I heard that the World Cup is yeah. coming to U.S. and – 26 and right? is actually going to play at Met, Met Life Stadium, but, but they're, they're not, but they're going to put in grass and not the turf because the soccer players won't play on turf. Well, I, I you know, I don't know what if you own the franchise or you own the stadium and and you got what's in there. Uh, the thing about uh, 
in New York or in, in, in Minneapolis or in Green Bay or Chicago is that it's pretty hard to grow grass in the wintertime. And it, that's the issue. Well, that, we've always been told that well, turf is better than natural grass. Well, the, the thing is, is that in, the, in these northern environments, though, if, if you don't have turf, you're going to be playing on dirt, I, I guess. I don't I, know. I got some quotes from uh, Roger Goodell was asked about this in the whole aftermath when it was just being brought up over the last day about, you know, turf versus artificial or versus grass. And uh, this is these were just some of his comments, some quotes. He said uh, uh, that uh, the league would rely on science to figure out the turf debate. Quote, that's where we make decisions on the basis of science, not because I see an injury that I don't like. Ultimately, I want our experts to come back and give it to us. When you look at the turf... You've also got to look at the cleats, and there are a lot of factors, and it's a complex issue. Well, that's a good answer uh, because it, it that's foot- no answer at all. No, Just talking around it. <laughs> well, football. Look at look at the Teddy Bridgewater injury. What happened there? Well, he was just dropping back yeah. on a grass field in, in Mankato, dropping yeah, just- back. Nobody touched him, and basically almost had to have his leg amputated. Oh, and 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 so. And, and then this year in baseball, I'm a big New York Yankee fan, and Aaron Judge runs down this ball in Dodger Stadium and crashes into the fence and hits the concrete uh, foundation under the gate in center field and like uh, tears the tendon in his big toe. Injuries like that are just, they're, they're freaky. I don't, you know, it, it is... Well, and they are going to happen. You know... You, you, uh, over the years, you think about all the gr- most gruesome injuries you saw in sports. I don't know. Ke- Kevin, do you, th- you think of the most gruesome injury you've ever seen in sports? Uh, i got to say a broken leg in football, and I'm starting to think boxing's a lot safer. <laughs> well, uh, when you say broken leg in football, we all go to the Joe Theismann. Yep. Was that a Monday night game or something? So yeah. it was like, boom, right there in your face. Um, and the 2.0 version of it with Alex Smith. Alex Smith or or uh, AJ Henderson for the Vikings was a linebacker against the Cardinals and he snapped his 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 femur on, on a tackle and, and never came back really from that that kind of injury. They just happened. I mean, how about when Ray Lewis killed that guy in the parking lot? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> oh man! But no, did you guys? I, I know Bill, Bill, he was exonerated. Okay. <laughs> Did you guys see the, the the big just all the I mean just factoring in all the build up for Aaron Rodgers starting with the Jets and like oh, like oh, they were the build up was them. the build up was over the top. Well, they're talking they were, Super Bowl. They were talking Super Bowl. The, the Jets, the Jets were the, the, the media in New York was. Fired I mean, I was, was kind of coming at it at where like the New York market was like welcoming him like, oh, like they, as they, one of their own they, and like yeah. I was reading stories where the front page of the New York Post. Had him on in the back page of the I mean, New York Post. Did, had him on, but did you see him come out to the game and like the entrance guy, like the, the, the flag? They, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're yeah. giving like the whole hero's welcome and all that. Yeah. So it's just, and then yeah, four, snap, four, four plays. Yeah. What was worse, him or Dion? Oh, what, what do you mean? As far as, as far as people covering it, well, Dion wanted he didn't get hurt. Well. <laughs> I don't know why he's got his leg. He's got his own leg problems. Well, I know he does. Yeah, Dion has ha- almost had his 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 leg amputated or his foot amputated. But the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, and, and because you know we all suffered through the well. If you're not a Viking fan, I guess you don't care. But 
if you're a Viking fan, the Aaron Rodgers uh, 20 years or whatever it was with Green Bay and his dominance over most of the teams in, in the NFC uh, Central. And then he finally leaves and goes to New York, and, and, and so now we can start over against that team. But against the Vikings and, and myself, the whole discount double-check was that I was so sick of that damn commercial I could I couldn't stand it and every time it would pop on TV I want to just turn a channel I hated it and for Aaron Rodgers the last couple seasons in Green Bay the way he acted there when, when in the playoff game where he only threw to the your your Raiders receiver what's his name um, uh, Dante Adams yeah yeah Devonte Adams so so. Instead of listening to the coaches on the sidelines, he threw that ball into Devontae Adams every single time, the whole game long. And, and I don't know, defiance, uh, arrogance, that's, that's the, the issue that he, he kind of presented. To, it, not a likable guy. I mean, he's right in the, the, the LeBron James wheelhouse where he's more of a polarizing figure that, yeah, you either love him or you hate him, and most of us hate him. I, I don't know. I, what do you think about that, Kevin? I, am I wrong? Well, again, they're selling tickets one way or the other. You know, Muhammad Ali did it probably the best. Oh, yeah. He, he didn't talker. care if, he, if they hated him because he said they're buying tickets to watch me lose and I'm making money off it. So I always thought it was great, too, that, that Muhammad Ali, when he just reading the inspiration for him, was that uh, pro wrestling, you know, the trash talk building up you're just building up the trash talk to build up the big fight to bring the people in uh, he got it from gorgeous george way way back and that was what inspired him and and muhammad ali just an uh, awesome trash talker i, I loved oh, it yeah <laughs> well you know, boy you you took us into a whole new realm there and so so since we 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 veered off of the the football into the boxing realm uh tell us a little bit about yourself and your boxing history there kevin well i actually was coming here to go to play it again sports and I got lost and I saw an open chair and I thought a podcast, maybe I could jump in here. <laughs> and I saw Monty, uh, I, obviously years ago. And I know Monty from playing softball with him. Uh, we had a great team, a lot of locals, some good athletes, some good UND athletes on that team, some fast guys. I was the old guy. Uh, prior to that though, I did do a little boxing and under the tutelage of Diddy Canal, I started in 1978, boxed for five years and Again, I don't know why people think I know about boxing because I had eight fights, lost 13 is what I always say. <laughs> I, I lost some so bad they gave me two losses for them. But oh, no. <laughs> in all reality, I had 76 fights. Uh, I was 68 and 8. Diddy flew me all over the place, and he did a lot of good for the community and, and for the kids that came down to the gym. Well, well uh, so I 60, stayed... 68 and 8. Yes. Uh, Heck, that, yeah. <laughs> shrug that off in, in just in no time. That, that's... That's a lot of fights, and that's a lot of uh, W's. Yeah, you know, and you know, I was at some LFA fights in Sioux Falls with my son and his jiu-jitsu team recently, and when they found out, that's how Tanner got interested in combat sports, and they looked at me, because usually when they hear, yeah, my dad was a boxer, it's like, okay, yeah, he had five or five, seven fights. When they heard 76 fights and I was 68 and 8, it's like, wow, they know what it takes to get ready for a fight. I said, well, it was easy because there was days I fought three fights on the same day. And that blew them away because they're used to fighting one fight. And 
technically you can't fight three fights in a day in amateur boxing now. And I said, that's a lot easier than you think because you just got to knock the first two guys out in the first round than the last <laughs> so, one. Just so that, for so like, how many rounds were there? That... Three, three three-minute rounds. So all your fights were three-minute three, three minute They rounds? were scheduled for three-minute rounds, yeah. You never did the 12 or 15? No, or... no. That's when you get into the pros. All amateur is three three-minute rounds. Okay. And the, after a few years, they started going to four and five rounds, but it was typically three three-minute rounds and... You know, I continued to coach and judge and referee. Uh, we t- we were talking earlier about some locals that had some great boxing careers as well as MMA careers that, you know, the Butch High checks. Well, and, I think we should mention those guys. I, I mean, yep. you, you brought in, and Butch is a guy that I watched him in in an MMA and well, a mixed martial arts type fight in, in East Grand Forks where yep. they had him in a chokehold. The, the guy had him down in a chokehold. And, and Butch withstood the chokehold and come out of it and knocked the guy out. Yep. And I li- later I asked Butch about that, and he said, well, it takes as much energy to choke you as it does to fight out of it. And he said, so I went limp and waited for him to, to like get just that one point. And when Butch got out of it, he literally knocked this guy out like almost oh, immediately. I, I was at that event. It was... You know, and, and it's funny because it took a while to get used to the MMA game because it looks different, right? You know, you got two guys, one's on his back on the ground and the other guy's on top of him. And I said to my son, so that guy on the bottom's losing? Oh, no, he wants to be there. And, and once you start to learn what jiu-jitsu is and, and how they get out of and sub- submit people and to get out of those holds, then you start to appreciate the game. And to me, boxing kind of ruined ruined it, you know, back when I started there was a lot of fighters that, you know, there was 12 guys in each weight class that could have been the world champion. It was just one fight could have went either direction. And they did a lot of free fights. Then they got into pay-per-view. And then the only time you could see really good guys was on a pay-per-view. And not everybody had the money to watch pay-per-view. The UFC got smart and went pay-per-view, but they still provided access to the, the big names without having to do the pay-per-view. Well, hold that and that's thought. why they took off. We're going to jump right back into this. i got to okay. do this ad. Um, Northwest Tires. For, for tires work on, and work on your vehicle and more, visit Northwest Tires on Gateway Drive, North Dakota's largest tire dealer. Family-owned for over 40 years. From big to small, Northwest Tires does it all. Find all the big-name brands like Toyo, Nokoyan, Bridgestone, Firestone, and more. Call 701-780-8473 to schedule your next appointment. Northwest Tire on Gateway Drive in Grand Forks, helping you get the perfect tires for whatever you drive. All right, right back into that. Where You were, you were talking about... Uh, Access to frequency of watching boxing. I know for me growing up, uh, USA Tuesday Night Fights was a thing for a while, and then they, that got discontinued. And uh, the Friday Night Fights. Or what, Friday Nights it was on? Okay, they also had Friday, Friday Nights. nights and... Yeah. And then I'm, I, local, just like, it seemed like that was in the day too, uh, local gymnasiums. So I remember St. Mike's used to do a lot of uh, boxing fights back way back. I, that's where I went to grade school, and I remember they would, it seemed like a few times a year, do box, just little boxing uh, fights. I think my son had his first fight there at St. Mike's Gym. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, so many memories. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, and again, there's there's not as many big names at each weight class right now like there used to be, and again, some of them probably have ventured off into the UFC or the MMA world. And well, doesn't it seem to be like okay, so the mixed martial arts and, and those kind of fights, the, the cage matches and stuff, 
for for a while kind of overcast the boxing. Uh, you're but, probably right. Yeah. But but I think as as we are right now, boxing is kind of taking a turn again, where where people are are, are falling back into the 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 what we call that the. Uh, what what's the, the science? What was it? The sweet science of boxing. The sweet science, yeah, yeah. That that you know, you know they forget that it isn't about clobbering somebody. There there is there is a different measure to it. Yes. And 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 so that you you have those guys that can dance around and 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 for for a lot of that, uh, well, actually, Virgil was one of those guys. He was a boxer more than a puncher, right? Yes. And and so over the years. You've you've known both sides of that, so I mean, we you know when when Virgil got a little bit older and stronger, and that was probably right around the time that he moved out to Williston, he started stepping in uh, to some of his punches instead of always backing up, and that's when he started knocking people out, you know, and some of its physique and everything else. And you're right, it's still science, you know, you got to throw a punch properly to to get the knockouts. Uh, and his career took off. I mean, I tip my hat to him. Five-time world champion, boxing Hall of Fame. Well, and I tell people all the time, you know, he, he held that light heavyweight title for almost a decade. Yep. And, and that, that's remarkable in boxing. Oh, and there's there's hopes by one of his old schoolmates that I talked to this week, or might have been even last week, towards the end of the week, that there's a 40-year reunion for Central and Red River combined this week. And there's a football game Friday, and he's kind of hoping that Virgil comes back to that. Oh, yeah. Cushman Classic this uh, coming yeah. uh, Friday. Uh, yeah, two days from now. Yeah, Red River Central. That's always such a crazy fun game to go to, that well, intense rivalry. Well, and, then, and he just got put up for that Rough Rider Award, you know, and that's as great as it gets in North Dakota. Yep. Um, you know, back in the late 80s, though, right after he um, knocked out Leslie Stewart to win his first belt i was down at faces bar with my wife and we were leaving and he bumped into her and i spun around and i thought just some clown in the crowd you know <laughs> no, and, and i was ready to fight till i saw who it was <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then when I got out the door, his limo was waiting for him. <laughs> well, you know, and you can look at him, and you could once you see who he is and you get a good look at him, he, he's still in great shape to this day at his age. Oh, yeah. A uh, little bit different in the MMA world, though, because I, I point out to my son often some of his teammates or some of the people at some of the events we go to, and I'd say, you know, not that I fought outside the boxing ring because I don't believe in it. If I had to defend myself, yes, I would. I'm glad I learned boxing to somewhat helped defend myself but i look at some of these people and go i wouldn't be afraid of him and yet that guy would tear me apart the jiu-jitsu world is just unbelievable uh, yeah the whole mma scene and just well, it's, it's one of the things uh you talked about being at that fight where i was talking about with butch Hycheck and the guy that was trying to choke him out but in that same card rick clo local oh, biker dude he's a great guy but he fought this this asian guy and and was was trying to like brute strength him, and and he he jumped on this guy's back and he armbarred him. If you remember seeing yep. that, and he had to tap out. Rick Clo did yes because he he ran into a move he didn't know was coming. <laughs> it, it, 
Rick, Rick Cloak and and of course a lot of the the guys you know the, the, these bikers they're they do so much for young kids and their their toys rides oh yeah the runs back. yeah 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 uh, and I knew a lot of them from the shoe repair shop that I worked at back when I first got to Grand Forks he came to a lot of boxing shows if you ever run into him ask him about the time he bought a rose and gave it to me at one of the boxing shows here <laughs> down <laughs> he, yeah. he likes picking on me yeah, he's a great guy yeah. and I tip my hat to him that you know after so many years of not really doing much i know he runs a lot but to come out and step in the ring like that or in the cage that's impressive well and he had a he had quite a following that oh. night out there i mean yeah. the whole the whole biker community was there and 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 you know the guy he was like matched up against wasn't a very big guy like what you were talking about exactly he just he just he just knew what a submission hold was yeah you got him in one, and, and that was that. And, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't even begin to imagine. And, and, and when you're at an event like that, the, the, the audience is kind of hyped up. It's like I'm glad to be able to go home and not get into an altercation outside with somebody that's like bouncing off of this. Um, there, there were several kids that I knew that were also part of that event fighting. Oh sure, and, and and you know I was like yeah you know, I don't know I it's, it, that's why I was there to check it out and all that, but I I uh, I, I prefer boxing. Uh, I followed Harold Miller's career uh, pretty extensively, and of course Virgil's. Um, I know it seemed like that, and you know, just kind of growing up at you know, that St. Mike's Elementary School, and I always go to church all the time back then for it. Uh, that whenever there was a Virgil Hill fight, they would always put it on in the church basement and just pack the church basement to watch the the latest Virgil Hill championship fight. It was just just a real big deal destination. What do you what do you think the trajectory for him would have been had he won that Hearns fight? That, that's hard that's hard to say. You know, I I personally feel he was trying to prove that he could slug it out with Hearns, and I think had he not, he'd have probably won that fight because yeah. that, that fight was very, very close. Right. Uh, and he was trying he, to swing he, with it. His style was perfect to, to do his style with Tommy Hearns and win that fight. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it would have gotten any better. And sometimes loss makes you better, you know, in all reality. Well, the, the, the thing I thought, though, was that um, – his his really grand payday would have been if he'd have got through that one. Yes, and, I think the and, paydays would have been bigger. Too. Yes, yes, and and uh, you know, but the fact that he fought, he still continued to fight as long as he did, and uh, of course in, in North Dakota, he'll always be a hero. Right. Well, and some of what makes these guys great too is is you know, granted, it's an individual sport, but who you surround yourself with. You know, he had some great trainers, Eddie Futch. Well, Eddie phenomenal, yeah. yeah, phenomenal. You know anybody that reads up or knows about him, and, and then of course Eddie's underling comes along and and takes over, and he did a great job. And of course health issues, but he still continued on. Yeah, is Virgil, Virgil Hill still promoting fights? I know he it was he put on like a local card I saw in town. I want to say in like 2018, 2019 yeah, or so. Yeah, there was several. I don't, and I there may be some more coming. Uh, he typically will reach out to my son because my son follows all the fighters locally so much and, and studies everybody's fights and goes to all the events, both MMA and boxing. And So Virgil and his wife, Deneen, will reach out to Tanner often and say, who would make a good fight? 
you know, that's going to draw a crowd in. I want to say the main, if I remember right, the main event for that was Butch Highcheck against, I think, uh, Virgil's kid uh, was the main event there. Yes. Was that the one at the Western Hall? Or? Uh, yeah, that was at the Western Hall. For some reason, I'm thinking it was at the, uh, the old, uh, you know, at, at the Purper, I wanted to say. Oh, yeah. no, you're right. That yeah. one was at Purper. Virgil's son did fight at the Western Hall. He fought somebody else. See, again, I told you earlier, memory is the second thing to go with old age. <laughs> wow. That was pretty close to my house, and I walked over there, and it was outside behind the table. Don't even know what the Western Hole is anymore. Oh, yeah. Because that's knocked down, so. Yeah, what do you think about that, losing some of these uh, treasures of our city? You know, the Westward Hole or the... the the townhouse or any of those places. Well, e- even the building that burned downtown that Diddy had his boxing gym in, ah. that pink building. Yeah, that yeah well, that's, that's what I was telling Bill about the, these guys about the, the pink building next to Griggs Landing. I mean, we lost two buildings there. Uh, what they call that? It was a school of sorts. I uh, can't remember the name of the school now, but, yeah, it was, it was a, a school... Uh, building and diddy had check right on the second floor and in the basement was the oh, gym. Yeah. so we got supersonic steven house hello hello well, there he How's is it going? good yes i am yeah we don't have raven yeah. Ra- raven's gone tonight uh we've got my 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 old old pal uh kevin coba gross uh longtime grand forks boxing legend in in, in the studio with us Along All with, right. Along with Bill and, and, and of course, Dale. And so we've been... Keith we've is been, in the chat, too. We, we've been talking lots and lots of uh, Grand Forks area boxing. Uh, I don't know, Steve, if you remember uh, Virgil Hill, but... Oh, yeah. left Wasn't he a left-hander? Uh, lefty, yes, indeed. Quicksilver. Yeah. And, and, and Red-headed guy. Well, he held, he held the uh, light heavyweight title, I think, for about a dozen years. Well, ten, 10 years, anyway, something like that. Um, and... and he 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 boxed a lot of guys. I, I was just going to ask uh, uh, Kevin about uh, if he remembers the James Kitchen fight that Virgil fought. Oh yes. Now I, I want to kind of clarify, and he, he's right. Mr. Bateman's right that Virgil's lefty, but he fought right-handed. Yeah, he used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's and, right. and that's and that's why his his left hook was so awesome. That's right. Devastating. Devastating. Yeah, yeah, he he fooled them with that. Yes. Oh yeah, I forgot about that, boy. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, I watched a lot of his fights. He's good. So so so, but the James Kitchen fight, Virgil caught him with a left hook in the throat. I think in the first round. Do you remember that fight? Mm-hmm. Well, again, Virgil has got such hand speed and such power that. Even these pros that fight him don't realize it's happened until it's too late. Yeah. yeah. And again, my probably one of my biggest memories was Virgil fighting against. Uh, oh, and it was another. It was a southpaw. It was at the UND uh, where they played basketball. Oh, the Hislop. Yes. And uh, my job was to follow Virgil's opponent from the locker room. To ringside, keep an eye on him the entire time. After the fight, come back, get a urine sample, hand it off to the officials with my initials on it. And uh, Virgil won that fight. It was a close fight, and the guy looked at me, and all his corner, all his cornermen were saying, "You won that fight," and he didn't. He did not win the fight, Virgil. Uh, but if that guy would have turned it on at the end, he could have made it a much, much closer fight that could have went either ways. But 
uh, he looked at me when I gave him my opinion. I said, you started going after him too late in the fight. And he said, I appreciate yeah. your honesty. So, uh, Well, you um, would know. I mean, I, yep. I, I, and, and there's so <laughs> boxing questions. Um, the, the, we, we were talking about sports and, 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 you know, obviously supersonic, the, the, the big story this week is that, that quarterback in, for the Jets that, uh, had, had, wow. had, had, had something go wrong, but, oh, wow. what a letdown. but the marketing and, and, uh, Kevin happened to bring up Muhammad Ali and, 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 and how his marketing was. And he was really one of the very first, I mean, the, that boxing marketing was way before the other pro sports really, because it was an individual yeah. thing. And, 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 I never thought about it like that, but it really was. I mean, teams, team sports were one thing, but the individual sport was a whole different thing. And, and I, I, you almost intimated that what really wasn't Muhammad Ali's personality, that he just did that, though. It was like, it was like a, a, pro, a promotional tool. I, I think it's his personality, but when he saw it was working, he just turned the volume up. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the way you I saw. Anything had to do with his name change from Cassius Clay? Because a lot of a lot of older folks kind of that turned them off on him. I I don't think it's that much. You know, I've I've read a lot of stuff and I know a lot of stories of Ali. I've watched a lot of his fights. I I see a lot of stuff of when he wasn't boxing and being in the news. And I, I think that was just his character. I mean, yeah. all he did, yeah. what he wanted I thought to do. It, I thought it was fine. He, you had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yep. He, he did it, basically. Yeah. He went from Lou Alcindor. Well, yep, it, yeah. Oh, yeah. And everybody thought it was cool, I think. Well, yeah, I, no. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I just. I'm, I, yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I, I mean, that's that's their, 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 uh, but religious beliefs or whatever. Yeah, their beliefs or their, their heartfelt yeah. beliefs. Um, but I I was more in tune with uh, the return of Muhammad Ali, the Joe Frazier fights, and, and the Ernie Holmes. and, and Rumble in the jungle. Ernie, Hol- Ernie Holmes was a defensive player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ernie Shavers. Yeah, Ernie uh, Shavers. Uh, uh, the 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 George Foreman rubble in the jungle kind of thing and and Thrill and Manila yeah oh, the Thrill of Manila the third the third Frazier Ali fight well obviously you must have watched when, that when when Muhammad Ali came back and they had stripped him of his title and wouldn't license him to fight there's a lot more to that story that a lot of people don't know or realize at least around here that I talked to and. and him and Joe Frazier, he called up. Joe Frazier actually came to Ali after while well, he got out and wasn't able to fight. Said, champ, you need some money to get by. And uh, he said, no, I'm good for a while, but thank you. Turns out they they set that up. What they did is Muhammad Ali said to Joe Frazier, look, here's what I'm going to do. I want you to play along, and this is what's going to get us to be able to fight. So Muhammad Ali reached out to all the media and said, if the states aren't going to license me to fight as a fighter so I can show the world that I'm the champ and not Joe Frazier, you meet me on this day down at his gym, and we're going to have it out in his gym. There was for six blocks around that gym, 
traffic was backed up. They couldn't get cars in there. They had police going on horses. Going into the gym, you couldn't walk in the gym. Ali shows up in there. He's yelling. He's flapping his jaws at Joe Frazier and says, Central Park, I'll meet you there in 20 minutes. So because of all the hype and media, everybody just wanting to see this, the Boxing Commission decided... We got it. We got to give him a license and look at the money that can they be cr- made. They created the demand and made it exactly. made it look like where hey, if they won't allow this, they're, they're, the commission is going to look like the bad guys. Yes. Was that because he was a conscious objector to the war? Or? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And did did you think that Ali movie with Will Smith was? Would you think that was uh, how they portrayed that part of his career, the comeback and I, and I, that? I, I think I, it was fairly close. I want to say from the books I've read yeah. and this the things that I've looked up online and it's, the things I've seen over the years. I know it's been a while since I've seen, seen that movie, but it's bringing back memories. Like, I don't think they completely spelled it out, but I want to say there was kind of, uh, uh, they alluded to like how we would set up interviews with, uh, 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 uh Howard Cosell, uh, and, oh. and like the, the kind of like, just exactly like you mentioned, like build up the hype and the fervor for it. Well, and Lonnie, this might hit to you, but you know, I've been watching a lot of, uh, lawyer shows suits recently and it's kind of funny watching them operate, how they set things up to so that things go their way. Right. There's a lot of tricks that happen. Uh, Muhammad Ali used those kind of tactics to boxing. He knew things that he was doing was going to put him in the position he wanted to be in when it came to getting a fight, promoting a fight, and actually fighting the fight. Well, On a side note, I got to I thought meet. that guy with the hair did everything. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Don King. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Diddy flew, uh, he rounded up a bunch of local boxers from the cities in North Dakota, and uh, we took a team down to uh, Florida, and I got a chance to train in Angelo Dundee's gym. And Angelo had mentioned to Diddy, he said, I wished I would have known ahead of time because Sugar Ray Leonard was in town and just left two days ago, he would have hung around. So Angelo reached out to Sugar Ray Leonard and said, hey, Diddy Canal brought his uh, team down here to fight in this gold, uh, this big, uh, I think it was a golden uh, Florida Gold Coast champions we fought down there. And uh, so Sugar Ray Leonard, when we got back to Grand Forks, had shipped a bunch of signed stuff and extra workout gear to it for a boxing club. So that was pretty cool. Well, and it was great cool. to get to talk to Angelo Dundee. Oh, yeah. You know. No, no, I, I mean, that, that, that's, why you're, that's why you're here, Kevin, because I know you, you, have, you have those stories. You know, I... Supersonic Steve, I played softball back in the late 80s with this guy. He was a pitcher on our team for the Griggs Landing Bar. And this was the most intense softball team I ever played on. These these guys took this shit really seriously. Supersonic is a Bateman. Any relation to Mike? No, he's not related to Mike. He's related to these other these farmers up here, I think. I had a bunch of farmers uh, when my dad grew up in Clyde. Cavalier County and up in that neck of the woods. Okay. So that's uh, that's where I, my family kind of started. My grandfather had some, you know, farming land and stuff like that. And my dad grew up on a farm and then moved out to Seattle. That's uh, but we still have relatives back there. Well, and he was telling us here a couple shows ago that his like was your grandmother went to Central High School, or, or your yes, yeah, and my grandfather both went to Central. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So, so here in town, and and, and Supersonics are our West Coast connection. So he gets to tell us about what's going on out there in Seattle and and the left coast. 
Yeah, tell now, me about it. You know, on a side note, I want to kind of point out for anybody that has Facebook access, if you take a look, see what you can find on Jack Mayfield. Uh, that, that's an impressive, impressive man uh, that used to be around back when I was boxing. He died at 105. Pardon me? Was he heavyweight? I don't know what weight he fought at. I know he was a trainer for Joe Lewis. Okay, oh, so, so so you dealt with him when he was 100 years old. He, yeah, he refereed some 8-year-olds when he was 103. My job as the team captain was to pick Jack Mayfield up, bring him to the fights, and take him home. And it was on the apartments down on Cherry Street there off of 4th and Cherry. And when i drop him off, I wouldn't leave until he went inside the building, and he'd stand at the door. It was like a chess match. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) but but he was a guy that would look at me and say, Kevin, you're three pounds over. And he was spot on. And I don't know how he did it. Wow. uh, He offered to give me a massage. And I know he did a lot of the UND football players. Uh, He had a massage table in his room. He had these little jars of stuff that the jar looked like it was way older than him. No labels (laughs) on it. Not sure what was in it, but the massage was phenomenal. I was happy to have gotten a picture with him and, got to know the guys so that must have been hockey players not football players <laughs> those football players don't need massages the hockey players we didn't have any football players come down to the gym to learn how to throw a punch we did have a few hockey players i would think so UND. i bet i bet well, get that cross training in <laughs> yeah. that's an interesting story because uh that's that's kind of um i met uh mike commodore a former und hockey great uh played for the calgary uh, flames in a stanley cup uh, final and then with the hurricanes where he won a stanley cup and um he's from up in i, I think alberta but uh he was he was the resident hit man when he was here defenseman mm-hmm. that that uh there was there was one game where i know uh uh our, our 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 favorite uh, radio host, what's his name? That does Hennessy. the t- Hennessy. Uh, when 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 uh, Mike Commodore hit the guy from Wisconsin, he said he had a lobster for a nose. <laughs> <laughs> Commodore, and, 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 and I, I love the way he played. Big bushy red. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and, and Commodore was was that guy. But I met Commodore because he was drafted by the. Uh, I, I want to say the. Um, uh, Los Angeles Kings initially, and things didn't work out for him there. I'm, I'm not positive of that, but he came back to North Dakota, and he actually hired LRC to train. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so that and so I met him that summer when he was back here to learn how to box. So he was going to be ready the next time he stepped on the ice in the NHL. That he wasn't going to get hit, he was going to do the hitting, and nice. and I think wow. his career took a big turn after he spent that summer here with us uh, in Grand Forks. And uh, yeah, I was out at the, the couple restaurants with him and Al, and we sat, you know, in the booths. And I was offering him free legal services for the rest of his life if he would check these guys into the ground for me. <laughs> Oh, quid pro quo. And they were like, well, what, what, what did I ever do to you? <laughs> no, no, but anyway, yeah. So, so he actually took boxing lessons. Wow. I did not know that. That's interesting. That's, that's... If you want to get in shape, take up boxing, because I'll tell you what, you go three rounds of three minutes, you're, you're beat. You know, Diddy had uh, a, a boxing match up in Halla, uh, 
Minnesota. Halleck, is it? Halleck. That's Monty's at the place. High school. Uh, we did it at the high school gym. And Diddy decided to put two local athletes from the high school on the card. And I was wrapping hands for them. One was a football player, one was a basketball player. And, of course, I told them, I said, look, you're probably in great shape. Oh, yeah, football player. I'm up and down the field with all these pads on. We do all kinds of calories. Sure. I said, this is a different cardio. Pace yourself. <laughs> these gloves will feel heavy in a short period of time. So don't just throw as many as you can. Pace yourself. Three three-minute rounds goes by. It takes forever. Basketball it player, does. same thing, up and down the court. So at the intermission, Diddy got on the microphone, and I refereed those two guys. And Diddy said, I want everybody to realize, based on what you've seen up to this point, these boxers throwing punches nonstop for three three-minute rounds, and what you're going to see after this fight, he said, and judge it on two locally well-conditioned athletes so that you can see what it takes to be a boxer. Not disputing the what it takes to be a football player, a basketball player, because, again, totally different condition. It wasn't even a minute into the first round, and both of them had their gloves on their knees trying to draw up enough energy to pick it up to throw another punch. Oh, it was, gosh. It was great. Heavy. So we, we cut the round short, and then we called it a draw, but it was, it was fun to, to, to do that experiment. It's, it's interesting you bring that up. It, I'm kind of curious on your opinion of uh, the, it seems more and more in these last couple of years, especially these celebrity internet fights that are kind of breaking away or sports, sports uh, crossover celebrity boxing fights where uh, like, I know Frank Gore fought that boxed against that NBA player, that uh, NFL player, an NBA player. Then you see like uh, some are actually making some decent strides. Uh, was it uh, the, one of the Paul brothers? Jake Paul. Jake Paul, yeah. It seems. Uh, yeah. What do you think of him making well, crossways there? You know, until I got to see a few of his fights, the first thing I thought was this is some guy that knows how to use the Internet, you know, to, to get himself a bunch of views and pays and, and whatnot. Uh, if there's famous athletes that are doing it, and they're doing most of it for charity, I'm all for it, right? Otherwise, to me, they're making a mockery of boxing or mm. whatever. Jake Paul has some actual boxing skills. I, I, I've been impressed. My son's been impressed. And Well, he's pretty good. I've watched uh, him, and he's, he, I mean, he's not some amateur. I mean, he can play. I mean, he's not bad yeah. at all. Well, I've been, I, I'm one of these guys that's been sitting back going, Waiting for him to get knocked on his ass, and, and it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened yet. And, and that's his. And, and earlier on, it was like he was picking out these tomato cans. You know, isn't that the, the term? Yep. Yeah, and you can still somewhat pick, but all it takes is one mistake in boxing, and it can change a fight. But but his 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 more recent <coughs> opponents have been more legit. Yes, and he's still been winning fights. That yeah. that's what's been impressive to me. Um, Dale brought up these 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 pro athletes. Uh, Le'Veon Bell fought uh, uh, Frank Gore. No, the the Viking. Oh, the Viking. Oh gosh, I'll, um, I'll have to look um, it up here. To did, didn't, he, here. didn't Le'Veon Bell fight uh, Adrian Peterson? I think so. Was that yeah. those two? Yeah. Do you remember what happened in that fight? I, I did not. Oh, Le'Veon Bell knocked Adrian Peterson out cold. <laughs> oh wow! So, so two running backs, but Adrian Peterson has got this this phenomenal power physique and he literally got knocked out wow. by a, a, a smaller, speedier running back. And you know what Adrian Peterson is doing next? Dancing with the stars. Oh, what, what do you think, Supersonic? 
Seriously? I hadn't heard that yeah, one. I, yeah. I read it today. He, he he still wants to latch on to a, a, a pro football team, but you know, at his no. age nobody's nobody's no. biting and he's got we like, had that tail end of his year. He was done. I mean he came here for a year. He's done. Well he's got he's got something like eight kids with about ten different well, ten, six different wives, our girlfriends. Probably ten. And, with and, now and, you're sounding like me. Eight fights with thirteen losses. Well, but he but he owes this massive amount of child support. And, oh and, man, and, and too bad. He's he's a guy that you know his his heyday went past way faster than he expected because of his off field issues, and and. You know, they always think they're going to regain that, and it's a fleeting life out there. You know, and, uh, pro athletes—I don't care. You know, there, there, there are so few LeBron Jameses or Kobe Bryant's or Michael Jordans. There are more likely these guys with the three to five-year careers that didn't make money because they bought all the earrings and and the fast cars and the fast women and and so so. Posse's. Yeah, the po- yeah, taking care of all their friends from high school. Um, yeah. Dale says we got to do video ads here, so here we go. Be back about a minute and a half here, so here are some words from our friends at Churchill Shoes and has moved. One of the largest SaaS dealers in the upper Midwest is now in the Grand Cities Mall and ready to find you a pair of shoes that you will love. At Churchill Shoes, they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery. Churchill Shoes has operated in Grand Forks for over 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff and can cater to all of your footwear needs. Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturday from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com. Next time you're in need of footwear, give us a try. Your feet will be glad you did. Churchill Shoes in the Grand City Mall. Save the date and register for the Mayor's Back to Badge Ride on September 14th. Come by the event, join the ride, and come out on the parade route. Show your support for the brave men and women who keep us safe and make us proud every single day. Register your UTV, ATV, motorcycle, go-kart, or even scooter by going to the Eventbrite page or at the Grand City Mall parking lot starting at 4.30. There'll be music, food and beverages, the Rydell Toy Shop will have some awesome cars on display, and there's things to do for the entire family with a 50-50 raffle too. It's the third annual Mayor's Back to Badge Ride, Thursday, September 16th at the Grand City Mall. Go to the Eventbrite page to find out more. Show your support. Coming back from back the break on. here. All right. Well, Monty, Steve. I didn't watch the game the other night, the the Jets game, so I didn't really see the you injury. Didn't. But how did our Minnesota Viking running back do? Um, he, he was okay. He was nothing spectacular. Uh, so what stats did he have? I, I, I don't know what his, what his stats were. Delvin, we're talking Delvin Cook for the, the Jets. I'll pull um, it up here. Jets were, I guess, there's some the. Jets rallied behind Rodgers and well, like they, they won in overtime. Yeah, yeah, they they were like, we're gonna win this for you, and uh, uh, so, but yeah, it was a, uh, yeah, it was. I'll, I'll pull that up here in just a sec here. So yeah, it was a, uh, yeah, it's twenty two to sixteen. The Jets won in overtime, and uh, so which which player again? Sorry, Dalvin but Cook. I thought Dalvin Cook. Yeah, he I, got thirty three rushing yards and uh, twenty six receiving yards. Wow. Uh, no touchdowns. 
That's why I didn't get paid the big money. Well, you know, we talked about that. Delvin Cook was due to make seventeen or eighteen seventeen to eighteen million dollars from the Vikings this year. And and the Vikings decided that what they were giving him and, and given the status of running backs in today's game, they weren't going to pay that, so they released him. They tried to trade him with no takers for a good month and a half to more than that. Nobody would trade. And so the Vikings put eight million dollars on the table for Delvin. Guaranteed. He shopped himself around. He wanted at least ten, if not twelve million, to play for somebody else. He he flirted with the Dolphins. They didn't offer it. I think Pittsburgh was one of the other teams. There was a handful of teams anyway, but nobody was going to offer ten to twelve million. He got eight million six hundred thousand dollars from the Jets, not guaranteed. There were contingencies, so he's got to have stats to make that money when the Vikings had $8 million on the table guaranteed. Mm. And I'm like, so this was more... Um, was this per common? Or? No, this, this, was Del, this was Delvin Cook being stubborn, not wanting to like, end up back in Minnesota. Well, you know, it's interesting you're bringing up all these record contracts. I was going to maybe just bring up real quick. We missed it the last couple of weeks. There were some other big record-breaking contracts over the last couple of weeks in the NFL with uh, the tight end, TJ Hawkinson, getting the record-breaking tight end contract. And then a quarterback, too, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, uh, four years, $68.5 million, $17.1 million annual with $42.5 million guaranteed, highest-paid tight end in history. And then uh, for the 49ers, Nick Bosa became the NFL's highest-paid defensive player, agreeing to a $170 million five-year extension with $122.5 million guaranteed. So some big well, deals right there. All I know is what I saw was uh, T.J. Hawkinson catching like a pass five yards deep in the backfield and, and getting smoked as, as like he was like the third or fourth option off of Cousins' passing scheme. And getting his helmet yeah. like knocked off his head yeah, and just getting smoked. Yeah. And I'm like, he, he, didn't, he didn't sign that contract for that. I guess we should touch on the Vikings opening weekend there. That, yeah, go ahead. You got it. Yeah, so it was. Uh, it, it did not go the greatest. Uh, they they lost to the at, Buccaneers. At home. At home. At home, 17-20. to 20. I mean, Cousins looked solid at first. Uh, 344 passing yards, two TDs, but he had a pick. The pick, though, was kind of... He landed he had the three pass. picks, didn't he? Uh, oh, I, I, thought, I guess I thought I had three, three one, turnovers, three turnovers, two fumbles. Okay. But like the, the interception happened, he threw the the pass was spot on, but it's got immediately stripped and it got counted as an interception. God. So, uh, but yeah, a little bit of a heartbreaker. Three first half turnovers. Uh, the next play tomorrow night on uh, the Thursday night game in against Philly against the. Uh, I thought it was the Detroit Lions. No, they're, oh, wait, no. they're, Philly? they're, they're in Philadelphia. Okay, I must have got, got mixed up there. Yeah, the, the Vikings never do well going out east. I don't know what you guys know. Well, that's not going to be an easy game. No. Yeah, that's... No, uh, no. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Eagles. Yeah, and that's... Yeah. So, so, so the, the, what are, what are the, the uh, Seahawks? Who do they have? Seahawks? Uh, uh, Steve, how did their first game of the year go? Oh, uh, we looked horrible. Terrible. I'm we like, had three yards. I'm just seeing Total the score offense. now against the Rams. Yeah, 30, 30 to 13. Three yards yeah, in the second half. Boy, that'll get you third. there. Yeah, it did. Right on the L column. Huh. And they, yeah, play they the, look terrible. They play the Lions on Sunday. But well, yeah. And the Lions are like the, the, the family choice They're these hot. days. Yeah, yeah, because they got the big win over the Kansas City Chiefs and 
You know, the other game, I've been giving my buddies that are Bengals fans grief about the Bengals are going to finish under 500. Well, they lost to the Cleveland Browns 24-3. to Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, football, you know, you can have a great team for a couple of years and then the next season can be just total shit. But yeah. isn't wow. that the best thing about the NFL is that you get the different parody, teams? The parody, yeah. yeah. No, it is. Yeah. Whereas you you always hear about the Knicks and the Lakers, right? Well, As the yeah. two best teams. I got my Knicks shirt <laughs> It's been a while. The Knicks, in fact, right now, after the Rodgers injury, the New York press... I've been following it. What I love about it is that they've dismissed the Giants. They've already dismissed the Jets. They've dismissed the Mets and the Nets and the Yankees. And suddenly, the New York Knicks are the best team in town. <laughs> and that's, that, that's what they're talking about. They, they, are, they already made the pivot. <laughs> yeah. and, oh, wow. and, and the Knicks drop a couple games early here in uh, October, November. They'll be crap, too. Yeah. Well, the Liberty will probably... Oh, yeah. Pull up the slide. Oh, the WNBA oh. playoffs. There you well, go, Bill. You brought well, it up. <laughs> maybe before we go to WNBA, I'm kind of curious. I know maybe just to wrap, put a pit, uh, ribbon on the football coverage. Uh, Bill, you're in there in person. Uh, I'm curious on your take how the UND Potato Bowl go- went against Northern Arizona. Well, I, I thought it was an excellent game. They, um, I, saw, I, I think Arizona was a lot better than they expected them to be, but UND does have – Quite the offense this year. Well, I've seen Bo Belquist first two games of the season over 100 yards each game. He's on. I, 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 well, I just caught the highlights for it, but he looks like he's spot on. I read something that they're the second leading team in the in the nation. Oh, for receipt for passing yards or for total yards. total yards? Wow! Oh, wow! That's... So, so did, did you, Kevin? Did you take any of the Potato Bowl week? I did not. It was my rest weekend. Uh, well, we had the French fry feed. You must have, you know, over the years with your kids and stuff, done all that. And, um, we were, we had big plans to go to the, 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 the Saturday pancake sausage breakfast down at Central High School. It normally happens, and it wasn't. It didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. Hey, you, you did, did hit up the Sons of Norway potato pancake. Well, apparent, That's where I went. Good apparently, stuff. Apparently, Good stuff. COVID right was the house. end of that. Yep. So, you know, the oh. Rotary Club, always, for years and years and years, always had that down there, and so we had big plans, and I was looking at the schedule on Saturday morning, and I sent Bill a message saying, are you sure there's a pancake sausage breakfast? The, nope. Hey, the Sons of Norway, they put on – I'm quarter Norwegian, so I can kind of use that, and it's like literally a half a block away from my place. So I've been going well, there we, like every year. <laughs> well, we all, we, all, we all went over there, Bill and his daughters and Sandy and I, and yeah, we did the Sons, Sons of Norway and the, pancake, uh, the potato pancake breakfast over I there. I think they are called hash brown pancakes, yeah. aren't they? That's, well, whatever. That, that's what whatever, pretty much the same material, yeah. But mm-hmm. it, it, it wasn't the same thing as I'm used to downtown. And, and you know, I, I, I'm kind of – you know. That tradition had gone on for like decades. It, it, it was kind of just wow. Well, I've gone by that place a million times, and I didn't know the Sons of Norway was there. Yeah, no. well, I knew where they were. I just I always thought that how can they be? I bet they had their biggest uh, turnout or potato bowl turnout ever because of the not having have down at central. central. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's so good. The Sons of Norway is that like right by the Y? Um no, no, it's, it's kind it's, of behind a block behind a uh, Hockey World Drill Sports Center. Oh, uh 9th Ave, 9th Ave, the Italian Moon. Yeah. 1400 block of 9th Avenue. 
gray or bluish building. Yep. I know yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Much smaller building than Central High School. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I'm always a fan of that. So, and uh, I, I, I guess maybe a little preview for UND next week. They got a huge FBS game next week. Who are they playing? This weekend. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, this coming weekend. Yeah, their next game. Well, uh, this is not the video show. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the, yeah, uh, Boise State. Right. So it's going to be huge. Blue, on the blue turf. The blue turf. <laughs> that's that's going to be exciting. Boise. Yeah. Bill, you think they're going to hold their own at least, make it a little competitive? Well, I don't know. Boise's 0-2 right now. Nope. They, they did not look good. They did not look. I watched them. They, they're they not that good this year. You guys should have a good shot at beat them. Well, somebody beat a Nevada 2 out of that league that was uh, FCS. I think it was yeah. Idaho. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think so. And uh, Idaho's actually turned that program around quite a bit. Well, they, they were always formats. They were F, FBS, so at a time. Yeah. Well, they they, just they, got, they got trounced by everybody when they when oh, they, it was oh horrible when they were yeah. FBS. No. Yeah, that was well, a, well, when Bill starts talking football, I could his zone out because mm-hmm. I can't keep up to him. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> speaking of football. And again, I don't watch enough either college or pro football. I, I'm busy with my job. I'm busy trying to spend time with the grandkids going down for their events and their extra after-hour stuff, the jiu-jitsu, the, the judo, the the gymnastics, and I, even my grandson's in parkour. But Deion Sanders coaching Colorado? Yes, he is. It, it, did he just pick up a whole uh, – most of his team is, like, new? Yes, Yes. All of them just out. Uh, was it he cut? Was it eighty percent of the yeah, team he, or something? He got rid of everybody. D- is he just his two wins? Are they? <coughs> excuse me, against schools that aren't that good or well, Nebraska? Oh wow! Oh yeah, Nebraska's good. Yeah, blew them out. Yeah. Well, they, they beat they played, TCU in yeah, the opener. Who played finals last year? So I mean, can't his, be that his, bad. His kid's the quarterback, right, Bill? Right. He's got a kid that's a quarterback. He's got a kid that's. A defensive back, and then he's got a third kid there that is like the video coordinator. But but didn't he bring a whole bunch of his guys from Jackson State with him? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's quite a few. Right. So what's his magic sauce? I mean, did, weren't people saying he wasn't going to do well? I well, think they, he just pumps these guys up, and he has. Well, I think he's got just a fabulous. He's a motivator. Yeah. He's a motivator. But a good. Coaching it's staff like that too. Under Armour commercial guy. Yeah. I think he lets his, his coaches do their job. And uh, oh, yeah. did, did you hear how he's been calling out some of his post game interviews already? Like where he's calling out all the press members who oh, are yeah. just yeah. like trouncing him, yeah. like saying like, "Oh, you're, there's got, no way you're going to do he's this." Got it's he's been, got receipts. Yeah, that's what he. Yeah, receipts, I got receipts. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was calling out the. Hey, he's got a documentary going right now, and I'm watching it. He's. You should watch it. It's he's what, what, a little hard to understand, but he's what, got it. It's supersonic. Steve, I don't know uh, what's what's it called or where can we find it on? Let me ask my wife. She we just had watching it last night. He, well, uh, I heard, not here right now. I heard Dion got suits for all his players. So normally when you oh, did? you see these guys come off the bus and stuff like that, they're in basically. You know, sweatsuit yeah. or sweatsuits. Well, he he must have made a ton of money, though. Well, I mean, he they won, he won about, everywhere he went. Michael Strahan. Well, you should watch it. Michael, He's good. That's Michael, Michael Strahan has a clothing company, and apparently he designed the, the suits and stuff for these kids, and every one of them dresses up for, a, like, 
what hockey players do. You know, I, I think it's pretty cool. Well, well I, I, it does seem to me that he's um, he's pushing them in, in a different direction than the rest of society. The, the, the old school kind of thing with the suits and the, 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 the stand up and respect versus uh, walking in in sweatsuits and the boom boxes jamming off rap tunes and, you know, F-bombs dropping everywhere as you're walking into a stadium. Headphones. Yeah, well, and, 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 you know, that might be a thing where, see, I saw Dion was like, uh, he, he, he went from this party animal guy when he was at the heyday, and he, he got involved in the T.D. Jakes is a, a, a Texas evangelist, a, a tele, televangelist, a huge, huge network down there in Texas. But T.D. Jakes, I don't know if you guys want to look him up, but he became a follower of that guy. And I think it turned his whole mentality into a different spectrum where he, he's trying to make good citizens and not athletes. I, better. Well, I think he lived there before he went to Jackson State, right? He yeah. lives in Texas. Yeah. Because I think his kids played football in Texas for high school. Right, they did. They did. And, and that's I, he probably drug those guys to church with him to, to this place. And, you know, that's kind of an obscene thing these days. Is, is... So do you guys... When, I, when you watch this, let me add that one thing. You brought it up, and I just wanted to throw it in there because I thought it was cool. So when he had his meeting, he walked in, he told all the boys to put their telephones on this table. He says, this is a meeting. I'm in charge. I don't want you to look at your phones. So he made every one of the kids get up and put their phones on the table and then go back and sit down. No headphones, none of that stuff. He, uh, it's, well, I, it, you're, it, it's an you're old gonna find he's a pretty cool guy. Well, it's an old, it's an old school mentality. I, I, you know, he must have, in, in, in his in his core being, he must be one of those uh, Vince Lombardi, you know, that 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 yeah. whole that whole echelon of, of great coaches that didn't put up with that nonsense. But well, Grant, yeah, well, you you wouldn't have thought it from Dion. Oh, I know, I know. Well, because of his persona. So I've been many years in the selling game, and and, and the analogy is just because they're a great salesman doesn't mean they make a great manager. Do you guys feel the same happens in sports? Just because they're a great athlete doesn't mean they'll be a great coach. Oh, absolutely. It's a whole different mentality well, to, well, most to get into somebody's mind and, and yeah. coach them. Yeah, there's definitely some. Bo- bo- most of the time, the mediocre players become the better coaches. Yeah. You know, whether it's. Kind of like a catcher. Catcher becomes good managers. Right, right, right. They, I mean, baseball, basketball, football, whatever. But it's really rare for the superstar athlete to take over a, 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 a program or anything and, and turn it into something. I mean, I, I suppose the best example is Michael Jordan and the Charlotte Bobcats. Eventually became the Hornets again there. Oh, the, but yeah. well, the Hornets, okay. But, but yet, he just came out of that with the, the sale <laughs> yeah, with, with, with no sale. less than $2 billion. I mean, financially, he did great. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but, but I mean, he still, like a, he still won. He still won. But but he never turned them into this 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 high stakes really great program like the Lakers or whatever he maybe envisioned at one time and maybe he became disillusioned with the modern day athlete I don't know I mean no I mean right not, now not not everybody's going to be Michael Jordan right he 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 I'm sure he was demanding success out of those guys 
like like he did. And even when he was in Washington with the Wizards at the end of his career, the guy was still putting up fifty point games. Yeah. Oh yeah, he still and, would and, have those and, flashes. And yeah. there there are stories about him as a fifty year old guy going into practices and lighting guys up just because he was that good. And, and he couldn't hit a curveball though. Oh, you know, Bill. Hey, you you're know, such by a the, damn pessimist. there's been actually deep dive, like uh, journalistic looks, like chronicling month by month, and the, by like the, those final weeks, m- couple months of his uh, full minor league year, he's showing major, uh, notable pro- improvement and progress. But the press made sure to like, like, hey, no, we want you back in basketball. We we need to get you back here. But uh, no, I thought there's some great examples that are coming to mind right now, Mike, that you're bringing up of uh, uh, more just kind of like uh, not the superstar players, but the the more uh, middle tier players or not as prominent uh, marquee players being the more successful. Like, you know, if you guys are watching Winning Time right now, you know, Pat Riley being this, you know, he won a championship, but he wasn't like the superstar Laker. He was more the support Role player. player. Yeah. Yes. Steve Kerr. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Kerr. And uh, yeah, yeah. Some examples like that just doing profoundly well in, in the managerial role. And then with Larry Bird, Bart Starr trying trying out making a go of it, and and even uh, Bill Russell making a go of it, it trying to as well, managers having just middling not so great success. Well, Bill Bill Russell, you know when I, when I was growing up, he was the head coach of the uh, Seattle SuperSonics. Yes, after, he was af, after the run with the Celtics, and he was doing the the Northwestern Bell TV commercials. If you remember those, where he shoot the ball over his head with the he was in an office with a backboard on the wall. Yep. Remember? But, I remember that, yeah. But but he couldn't he couldn't bring them to prominence. He he you know it was like he needed to suit up if he was going to get them there. Well, what would Phil Jackson be considered? Is he a bad wow. basketball player and a good coach or a, a Phil like Jackson a is player, the greatest right? greatest player. player that ever existed, the greatest coach that ever existed. He's a He's a, a, a nominally, or a, uh, he, yeah, yeah. he's like one of a kind. He's a rare occasion. Well, mm-hmm. Phil, Phil, you know the thing with Phil was he was a hippie, really. When when, when he played ball, mm-hmm. you, you know, in the late sixties, you probably knew him. Keith coming in the chat says Tony Dungy also. <laughs> oh yeah, but but no, Phil, Phil, and then Phil got drafted by the Knicks in nineteen sixty seven. So here's a guy coming out of North Dakota as kind of a hippie. In those days, and he goes to New York, and he kind of maintained that same persona on a very good team. You know, he and Walt Frazier came in the same draft to the Knicks. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they already had Willis Reed, and and then um, Dave DeBusher. Well, Dave DeBusher came in a trade after that, and then Bill Bradley. But but that core group of guys, and to this day, Supersonic Steve. That New York Nick team embodies team. They weren't the oh, best. Yeah. They weren't the greatest team. They were a team. Um, the teams they beat to win the championships in seventy and, and seventy three, and and that's you know fifty years ago. Um, Nick's having one shit since. Remind me. Is that really that? I remember watching them. Oh my I was, goodness! I was ten years old. For Christ's sake, okay. <laughs> old enough and to that remember. That guy was from Williston, North Dakota. I couldn't believe. But that. those teams were 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 prefaced on rebounding and defense and teamwork, and they're still known. They're still known for their great teamwork, the Red Holzman coaching and stuff. And and I'm like. I, I don't know if there's been another team ever since those guys that have ever actually played as 
as cohesive as that group did. They, they, they just they had a genuine love for each other, and, and they can talk about the Golden State Warriors and some of these teams of more recent years, but they're more talented and, and, and more uh, individual-oriented. You, know, you, you can't tell me that there was a Steph Curry on the New York Knicks in 1970 or 73. There, there wasn't... The only one I would compare to is the Sonics. When they won it, they were really the same oh, way. That, that, that's uh, probably not as talented, but kind of the same. Played the same way. Well, they were. They yeah. No, the '79 Sonics were a a complete team, cohesive. Yeah, no, I I agree with you there. That's that's one of them. Uh, the, yeah. the 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 Spurs in more recent years. Well, the, the Spurs had those three stars, though they didn't. Yeah. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't use those other guys. No, they, as had, much. they had good support players. Well, they did, yeah. but they, they they still had those those tier guys. Yeah. Um, the the Seattle SuperSonics had uh, uh, Gus Williams, Dennis Johnson, Freddie Brown, Sh- Freddie Brown Jack Sikma, uh, Lonnie Shelton, Johnny Johnson, John Johnson. Uh, yeah. um, There's another Paul Silas. Well, Paul Silas yeah. was the glue of the team. He was the glue oh, yeah. of the team. So big yep. time, big, big time championship basketball. And I guess, you know, speaking of championship basketball money, I know we're kind of down to our last 20 minutes here, but I know one of your big topics was uh, WNBA playoffs are set. So, Kevin, I don't know if you're caught uh, too many episodes of the show before. Oh, I, but No, I, I put that on Kevin. He's yeah. going to cover the WNBA. All right. Yeah. Monty loves the WNBA <laughs> to give it his proper due. And he's, he's, he's got it to rub, it, he's got yeah. it to rub, rub off on me a little bit because I've been trying to at least keep up with the Minnesota Lynx a little bit this season. So. so my first question that came to mind when he told me about it was, is that out of one of those belts from back in the boxing days when they oh. had so many belts? I guess w, the WBO, WBA, or yeah. yeah. Oh gosh! Uh, just real quick though, I want to touch on the great coaches. You know, and I saw Diddy do it with a lot of the fighters, and he he got the best out of them. But he didn't do the same with each fighter. He knew each fighter individually. He knew what motivated this guy. You know, one fighter had to be made very, very angry. Harold Miller's brother, Todd Miller, was a perfect example. He knew with me he could talk calmly. So I think the great coaches, even when you get into the, the whether it's pro baseball, pro basketball, pro football, I think those coaches need, uh, the, the good ones, I feel, know how to motivate each player individually because just because this works on you doesn't mean it'll work on you, right? Well, and, and, and that's the greatness of a coach, though, when they can recognize what the individual needs to be, how they need to be handled. How to get the best out of them. And, and you know, that, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you before we get any, any further along or, or before we even get done, is that Diddy Canal, oh. talk about that guy. Just even more, I mean, wow. your experiences with him, because uh, he, he, was, he, he was around for a long time. He, he was, and... He did taught more than boxing to these kids. He made sure these kids always had something to eat when we were out of town. Even even opponents that we other teams that were out at, at shows, he was buying meals for them. Uh, he he did a lot of good for the community. He raised a lot of money. It was easy to raise money. He showed me how easy it was to sell tickets. He took a book of ten, go into Don Miller at Miller's Grocery Town and Country. I need a check for this much. He said, what for? He said, I'll tell you after you give me the check. So, again, Diddy had a rough side, but he had a heart of gold for the fighters. And he would take fighters. Here's a perfect example. We'd go out to lunch, and he'd say, fighters, he want to teach them not to order more than they can eat when somebody else is footing the bill. So he would play games. He'd say, you have a, and back then it was $5 or $7 for your meal. 
And he was noticing, he said, I'll give you $7 for your meal. And he would watch the fighters that would order the cheapest thing on the menu, hoping they could pocket the difference. And when the bill came, he said, I'll just pick up the tab this time instead. So again, he was teaching life skills outside of boxing. And then you never had the radio on in his car. I, I could go on for hours about the stories about Diddy Cannell. We got enough time tonight. But he, he always had the radio off, and he'd always talk, not just boxing, but he would talk about what are you doing in school, what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong. He, he was just a great guy all around. If anybody's on Facebook and you look back at some of those, uh, do you remember when, and you look up stories about Diddy Cannell, there's a lot of people up there. How do you, how do you is that D.D. Canal? D.D.? D-I-D-D-Y, Q-U-E-S-N-E-L-L. Q-U-E-S-N-E-L-L? Okay. Yeah. Good deal. No, and, and that's the thing is because as long, I've been in Grand Forks since 1986. And D.D. Canal, Fido Perper, Serge Gambucci, those kind of names just, you, you can't top them in this community no. ever. I mean, they, they, they did things that, that well, well, you can't reconstruct it either. And, and, and along those same lines, Hugo Magnuson oh, or, or, or Sam right. Silverman. Yes. You know, the, 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 same, the same kind of fabric of this community, the legends that, that made this town. Exactly. And, and, and you know, we, we sit back and watch what's going on in, in, in this day and age. And I, I was lucky enough to meet most of those guys at least once you know, somewhere along the line. And, and I was, like, amazed, you know, that, that oh, yeah, I can say that. Well, the, uh, one of the things, we had a roast one time for Diddy, and Pat Sullivan did a great job. He was hilarious. He said there, there's only two things bigger than uh, 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 the Panama Canal, and that's Diddy Canal and the Suez Canal. <laughs> and uh, so I, I went up there and I said, Diddy, yes, he did. There's some things Diddy did in amateur boxing that – all the boxing world in USA said couldn't be done. He brought fighters over from Ireland and put on a show in Grand Forks. He had a prime rib steak dinner fight for $10. You buy a ticket, you get a prime rib dinner, and you get to watch fights. They said it couldn't be pulled off. He did it. Every year after that, it was hard to... I mean, I sold out a ticket so fast the place would sell out. People were asking for tickets, and there was no more room to have it. He took a team to Mexico. He took a team to Hawaii. He took me uh, to a lot of places, and I didn't pay for anything. Wow. We flew to Sacramento, Casper, Wyoming, Rapid City, Miami Beach, Florida. Whoa, I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. Nationwide flew? adventures. <laughs> we flew. He flew me around. Let me back up a little bit. So Diddy, at the national level, was well-respected. And, and back when I was boxing, the whole idea of how do you rate fighters was a bunch of coaches sitting at a table, picking away class, knowing who all the fighters were in the States, to go, I think this guy's number one, and I think this guy should be number two. Diddy Cannell put a stop to it. He said, this ain't right because there's coaches that aren't here at this table that have fighters that are as good as some of these top ten, right? So they said what he suggests. He said a point system. You, get, you go to an inter invitational tournament. You get so many points for entering. You get so many more points for winning, or if you lose to the guy that won, you get so many points for second place. And they loved it. And shortly after that, I was being flown. This tournament, that tournament. And I did well on some of them. Some I didn't do so well.
But because of it, I got ranked in the Western half of the United States, and I actually had the invitation to the 80 Olympic trials. And keep in mind, I started in 1978. I didn't have many fights under my belt, but I had had a deviated septum from the fight that you saw the video of on Facebook. Uh, so I went and had it fixed because there was no more fights coming up, and then I got the letter from USA Boxing. Wow. And I said to Diddy, I can't make it to this. He said, well, you're gonna, I can get you there if your nose is ready in two weeks. And you'll fight guys with 300, 400 fights. Or if you wait three months, and it'll be more healed. We can go to Sacramento to the Golden Bear, and those guys will only have 150 fights. So there's no way my nose was going to be ready for it. I sparred with a guy uh, that's my sparring partner, tapped me in, it just like turning on a faucet. So we went to Sacramento. But, well, yes, so, we flew around. Wow. And he knew how to raise money to get that to happen. So, so wait, wait, Kevin, you've been hit a few times. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I jokingly tell my son, in one of my fights, I beat the tar out of some guy's no, a fist with my nose. You should have seen how bloody his fist was. <laughs> I thought he was going to pass out. I thought the ref would stop it. But, uh, yes, I, I have not been knocked out. I've been knocked down. Wow. Uh, it changes the taste in your mouth when you get hit that hard. I'm sure. It's interesting. So you got to learn to duck. You know, Richard Pryor had a great skit about, you know, the... You, this guy's hitting at me, and the heavy well, bag didn't. I don't know. Did you did you ever meet a basketball player here in town by the name of Scott Gilbreth? Mm-hmm. He's long, very, he very tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He worked at team. Yeah, exactly. And and um, I had a similar story where I followed his elbow with my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and again, people ask if I forced my son to box. No, I, I gave him the option, and two years later, he decided to box. And then with braces, he couldn't box anymore. When he got to be an adult, uh, 18-ish, he decided to box again. But partway through the year, he said, I'd rather coach. But it, when people ask me, should I get my kid in boxing or jiu-jitsu, as much as I love boxing and it, boxing was great to me, I'm going to say, realistically, jiu-jitsu will give you better uh, defensive skills out in the real world because boxing has rules, everything's from the waist up. Jiu-Jitsu, you can put somebody in a submission hold. guy that trained me, uh, that actually got me into boxing, he broke his neck a week before his first fight, and I was helping train him. And he, his goal was to win a state title, so I decided to train, win the state title, give him the trophy, and be done because he had a bet with his parents. They paid for Y cards for us. Well, three fights, I win the state title within three fights because I started late that season, and I thought I was done, but I had so much fun, 76 fights. You're hooked. <laughs> I was hooked. But that was fun when you win. Yeah, he, he told me, you know, he'd have me running. You know, had, we'd play an hour of racquetball at the Y in the morning, and then he'd count my laps at the, on the track while he shot hoops. I ran five miles a day, and I said, why am I running so much? He said, if we're in a bar and we're going to get in a fight, you go outside, you make the guy chase you, don't let him catch you, but don't let him stop. Make sure he stays close enough. And when you hear him huffing and puffing really hard, then you turn around and say, now I'm ready. Strategize. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. That's so, smart guy. Smart guy. WNBA now, Monty. All right. Well, well, first to sad, real quick. River Cinema 15 in the Shire Bar and Grill. Make the River Cinema 15 in the Shire Bar and Grill your next dinner and movie destination. In the River Mall in East Grand Forks, either dine inside the movie memorabilia packed restaurant, the Shire, or take your meal to the, a movie you're attending. Some of this week's feature attractions are 
think we got some of the big movies this week. Uh, the Blue Beetle, and then the also... The Equalizer, Gran Turismo, Retribution, The Hill, Blue Beetle, The Meg, The Strays, The Equalizer 3, though. Yes. That's as huge as they come. I saw that. Denzel. Yeah, yeah, really yeah, good yeah. stuff. That's a good one. Good action romp. So... Um, Find this complete Showtime's listings online at rivercinema15.com. Don't, don't forget about the Tuesday special of $5 movies all day long and the 550 Senior Matinee special on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Um, Bill, myself, and Kevin, we all, we all qualify for that. Hey. The, the Senior meals or Senior specials at the theater. <laughs> so there Me we go. Too. Uh, and too. you too. Yeah, yeah. You're, well, you know, Supersonic Steve's going to be here next week. Coming yes, into, I am. Coming all the way from out in the Seattle uh, area to come and visit us in Grand Forks, and we're going yeah, to, to, to try to show you the best of the forks. So a week from today, Super Sonic Steve, that's when you'll be in the studio? I think we are flying in. Uh, no, oh, uh, well, Thursday. Be in Thursday. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, technically. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah because we'll Wednesday. We'll be on Thursday night. Yep. Yeah, we'll be out back yeah. Thursday next week. Yep, yep. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Uh, it'll be good. Uh, should be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. And I think I owe Bill a couple bucks uh, that I have been saving for. Yeah, there's so a wager, I, I believe, we did. A, what what was, yeah. it, was it the Super Bowl, me and you against Monty and uh, Steve? Was that yeah, it? And I think, yeah, I think, I think it was we a lost. case of beer on the line. I yeah. think it was mostly beer. Yeah, beer. Yeah. It was beer. So I, I, I probably drank your share and then some, Steve. <laughs> Well, it'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. So you guys have a good uh, week, and uh, we'll talk next week. All right, buddy. I'm we'll see you then. Personal. Take All care, right. buddy. See you, Steve. All right. Uh, so, so you got uh, the WNBA. You want the WNBA? The WNBA yeah. heads up here. So, well, the Minnesota Lynx they wrapped up their season last uh, week here against Indiana Fever. They lost seventy-two to eighty-three, but uh, they made it. So they were the six of eight seeds for the playoffs. So they finished with a season record of 19 wins and 21 losses. The playoffs start tonight. They are playing right now, actually. Their game started about an hour ago. I'll look at, I'll look at that up real quick and have a score for you in just a moment. But all the games, I believe, are going on right now are two of them. Uh, they're at halftime, Lynx and the Connecticut Sun. Lynx are down 32-46 to 46 at the halftime. Other playoff game going on tonight. Chicago Sky and, and the Las Vegas Aces. At, Chicago at, Sky, that's my team. And then the other playoff matchups uh, going on Friday, we have the Washington Mystics against the New York Liberty at 6.30 for their game one, and the other game one will be the Atlanta Dream and the Dallas Wings at 8.30 on Friday. So, Monty, I know you've been keeping a bit more of the bigger picture of the WNBA all season long. What, what's been some of your biggest takeaways from the season going into the playoffs? Well, most of the uh, season records were shattered because they've added games. I know uh, you are kind of mentioning last week, I know one of your topics was uh, single-season points. The, um, the Stewart gal from... Uh, was it Brianna? Brianna Stewart, yeah. yeah. She, she set the scoring record for the season because... But she had like four more games to do it. Um, the Aces sent the, uh, set the uh, uh, single-season uh, winning record... By a few oh, yeah. ga- few games, Most but, wins, yeah. but but that was also because they had more games to play, um, kind of like the Roger Maris asterisk. <laughs> but but anyway, no, uh, I I follow. We, we try as hard as we can to push women's sports. Um, the tennis, 
uh, we we, yeah. we touched on that. Yeah. And and the golf girl is that her name? Yeah. U.S. Open uh, wrapped up just uh, a day or two ago, and so I'll just cover the finals real quick for both. So on the men's side, saw records continue to be broke broken you know Novak Djokovic he's just still tearing it up uh still continuing to add to the record for most men's uh grand slams he's now at 24 and he tied the all-time record with Margaret Court for the women who has 24 also so he's tied for most grand slam wins overall with Margaret Court so big ups to him he him and Daniil Daniil Medvedev they had a awesome uh I mean Jovic won in straight sets, but they had a good tiebreaker set in the second set, and just watching them go at it, two of the best. Uh, now, uh, Carlos Alcaraz, they, they thought Novak and him were going to meet in the finals because those two were in the French Open finals. So those two just put on uh, a clinic that night because they were one of the greatest uh, sl- slam finals in quite a while. And the two also had an invigorating uh, four-hour three-set matchup in a regional tournament final just days before the U.S. Open kicked off. But uh, Alcaraz lost to... Uh, Medvedev in the semifinals, but for the women's U.S. Open finals, uh, noteworthy, just want to make sure to give a shout-out to Venus Williams. She lost in her first-round matchup to uh, Belgium's Greet Menon, but it was uh, Venus's uh, 100th U.S. Open match, so big ups to her on that. Uh, but the finals, uh, yeah, it's uh, Coco Golf, American. Uh, she uh, she did awesome. Uh, she She's only 19 years old. She's already been in the, uh, a, a slam final once before, but but lost. But she won her first finals matchup, bringing back you know Grand Slam championship to to the Americans again. So continuing the success of Serena Williams for the women's side for for American women tennis there, and she just yeah she uh, she tore it up and she she defeated uh, uh, out of Belarus uh, Ariana Sabalenka and yeah yeah just yeah and. Uh, Three sets. It was. I know, Monty. Were t- you said you caught some of the fi- that finals matchup, right? Yep. yep. And uh, it was one set went one way, one set went the other way. But then golf turned it back up in the final set to get her first Slam final. Well, it surprised me, and, and I, I was like, I it caught my attention one uh, Saturday or Sunday morning while I was watching because it was such an intense game or match between the two of them, and then I thought she was done, and I actually turned the channel. And then she came back and won, and, and, and ended up winning the whole the whole ball of wax. And she's nineteen years old. Yeah, just that, nineteen. That's that's, that's that's what I get. Yeah. Um, right. One one last thing. Uh, I don't have any other sports myself really to cover. Um, well, Texas upset Alabama. Bill, what did you think yes. of that? And we've got Red River versus Central Cushman and Classic. Cushman's Classic coming up this weekend. So Ravens going to be fired up. With her, oh yeah, the the football coach we had on the show here, Central. yeah, from Central a few oh, weeks yeah. ago, Garrett. So that'll Lutziger. be a blood yeah. match there. Yeah, and then you should talk to Monty about the NBA with their load management. Oh, oh well, I yeah. suppose we have to really quickly. The load management, in the NBA, the the board of governors in the NBA agreed with the uh, Adam Silver that <coughs> to win any major awards in the NBA, you have to play at least sixty five games of the eighty two, and there is a stipulation that you can't rest any all-star player, and that's an all-star that's been an all-star within the last three years. You can rest one, but you can't rest more than one any given game because the fans pay too damn much money to come and see these guys. And they've been pulling this shit for about several years now where fans are paying 
if, if you want to sit lower level in an NBA game, you're paying $1,000 at a minimum, $1,000 to bring a family of four before you bought a pop and a hot dog. And it's more than that in most places. And you get there, and there's no guarantee that the LeBron James or, 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 or the, the... Giannis. Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo or, or, or Joker or any of those guys are playing. And I'm like, so you basically got screwed out of your money. You really did, because that's who you came to see, and now you're seeing... Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Steph Curry as a star, but instead you're seeing uh, Marcus Allen over here or some, some guy you never heard of playing, players, playing the yeah. game. And, and so there, there's, there's, it just doesn't make any sense, and I don't care what sport it is, but we, we have, we've chronicled, and, and we, well, Kevin, this, this, we're, we're called the Fork Sports Highway. Or in the alternative, the anti-LeBron James show. <laughs> Keith had an interesting comment earlier in the chat saying he, he thought you accidentally gave LeBron James a compliment. I did? Yeah. Well, yeah, because he's, he's like now he's recruiting players to play on, on the, the Olympic. Olympic team. No, he's recruiting those players to play on the Olympic team because when they're done on the Olympics, he thinks he can recruit them to the Lakers. <laughs> that, that's his motive. It's not – he doesn't – He's not looking at the he United wants States that on his resume yeah. to another Olympic championship. Well, right. It ain't happening though. You want to put a 38, 39 year old guy in charge of your team? Good luck, Aaron yeah, Rodgers. But he can have eleven better players than himself. No, he yeah, won't. He, could. he won't do that though, Bill. Well, he could. So, yeah. did you see the speaking of that tennis player, Coco, that won? Did you see on social media uh, the outrage that the gal that lost? No, no. Oh, there was outrage over people filming her losing it in, in the, the locker room. In the oh. locker room. She just, destroyed, that up. She just oh. destroyed her tennis racket. Okay, I'm, and, I am. Yeah, okay. Kind of like Jokovic did oh, yeah. against the, the post, uh, the net post. So, yeah, some of these players, those, those tennis matches in the slams, and they, the, some of those players lose it in the final points. Yeah. yeah. She just beat this onto the floor and the wall, and then she just takes it over to the dumpster and just puts it right in the garbage it's can. It's a meltdown of meltdowns? Oh, gosh. Well, I, I don't think she knew that there was a camera in oh, the room. Man. So they had it up on the wall. And, and I also saw Tony Dungy made a comment what Coco was doing there after the match was over. He was said it? she was praying. Ha. Huh. Well, all right. So 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 before we wrap this up, we, we're, we're, we're about there. Um you know, like I said, we talked about uh, playing softball together, and uh, I, I just have to do this. I, I'm so evil. Okay. Um, there's Brad Burkholder, and there's Brett, Brett Burkholder, and there's Burt Burkholder. Which one's the best player you played with? <laughs> he didn't want to answer that. On the spot. I'll be in another match. The best player I played with? Of those three, of oh. those three, well, the best player you played with of those was Monty. We know that. Well, no, he won't say that. No. He won't say that. I'd give it to the the big schmo. Uh, they each had their. They were all three great in their own way. I didn't get to play as much with the third one Bert. as yeah, as I did with Brad. Okay, and, okay, okay. So oh, no, now now you're now you're hedging. So so just like me. If, my my if, favorite Burkholder was Beth. 
<laughs> See, you cheated. <laughs> you cheated. You, you're on that fake grass, that turf. Is that what they call it? That's why you should boxing. You don't have to grow grass. It's all the same when you get in the ring, right? Well, you met her too, so don't. don't, don't. Yes, yes. <laughs> Jamie Greenwood, you remember him? Oh, he yeah. played with us. He right? lived right behind me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a while. It's crazy how, what a small world we live in. But we played those guys, and um, I, I just, I always, uh, a Costco? No? I, I don't know. Costco I, I, was a sporting goods store in Fargo. No, there we. Oh, these guys were all pretty, pretty, pretty stud ball players. But all right. So, uh, Kevin, I'm trying to remember from what you mentioned earlier. Did you say you're still involved in the boxing world there with like coaching or training? No, or no? I, I, I'm out of it now. Uh, we had actually had a gym at the Y that I took over for Diddy, and when it got small enough, I sent the fighters over to Eddie Obergon's gym, which was the Forks Fighters. And uh, I, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Combat Cardio Sports uh, Gym. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we've we've had those fellows on, and oh, I was going to ask you about Victor. Those go ahead, go Victor. Ahead. What an impressive guy, Ben Wicks. What an amazing guy. They're you know, keeping it alive. Oh, absolutely. And there's more guys down there that are, are being yeah. part of that. You know, I I'm not. I haven't gone there much myself, but I did go down there a little bit. My grandson wanted to learn what it was about boxing, so I took him down there. And they were excited to have me there to to share some of the old school that I knew about boxing and how to deliver a proper punch. You know, the big thing with boxing and, and being successful is, I've always believed is, get in the best shape you possibly can. Because I won more of my fights on being in better shape than my opponent. And just having that will to win. You know, you just oh, got to think positive love, like that. Love so. that learning tree. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say, too, like any of the any boxing plugs or recommendations to where people can keep up with you or where you recommend people to go to? Uh, again, I would get I would get down to Victor's gym there, the Combat Cardio Gym. The, uh, they're on Facebook if you want to find out what nights they have their gym open. Uh, as far as jiu-jitsu, I know the PMA gym here in town. Uh, Ken is there, and there's a guy named Powder, a good friend of my son's, uh, is a trainer down there. And kind of a funny story because Tanner walked in. It, he lives in another town, and he, he came up here from South Dakota and went to the gym, and Powder said he was doing a striking class, and when Tanner walked in, his heart started racing because it's like, am I doing this right? Because he knows Tanner's background, right? But he said when he saw me come around the corner after that, he said it did double time because it's like, Here's the old man of boxing. Uh, uh, so yeah, check out PMA. That's a good place if you want to. They do. They did start kids jujitsu. I'm going to look them up on their details. On they got Facebook pages for these yep, here. I'll, yep. I'll, I'll I'll give links to them in the in the show notes so people can find out more okay. about them there. So if people find the podcast or social media uh, posting for this uh, episode, uh, these will be updated to have uh, links to those Facebook pages. If, if any of the viewers are in the Fargo area, reach out to Dylan Spicer Academy of Combat Arts. His gym is kind of a satellite of Greg Nelson's out of the cities. Greg Nelson's gym had the likes of Sean Shirk and Brock Lesnar. So big name, Sean. You know, Greg Nelson's had some fighters at the, in the UFC level. So that would be a good gym to go train at as well. Thank All you. right. Well, so so uh, legend Bill Deutsch, you got anything else tonight? I think that pretty much wraps uh, it up for you. You have Just to make sure that everybody tries to, I think, the game is on Fox 1, and it starts at 10 o'clock out there. So it starts at 11 o'clock 
So you at Boise, Boise State. Yes. So early in the morning. Yeah, out there. I think they're two hours different. Yeah. There, right? And then Cushman Classic this Friday. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what you got, Dale? Well, Cushman Classic I'm, or something else? I, I, I want to go to that, I, but I already have obligations. I'm uh, committed to covering the last uh, River City Speedway. Oh, yeah. I'll be trackway for track that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, I'm already uh, committed to that. Looking forward to that last race uh, night of the season to close out River City Speedway, all sprint night. So. Then, yeah, well, okay. should be fun. Special guest Kevin Gross coming here talking Thanks all kinds of local on, sports and boxing and old time history and all, and that's all I got too. So here we go. Adios. Thank you for tuning in to tonight's Sports Hi- for Fork Sports Highway. Catch us live every Thursday night at six thirty right here on Grand Forks Best Source Live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. And now partnering on bills. Yeah, that's right. We're Wednesday tonight. Find our past shows by searching GFBS on your favorite podcast or social media apps. Thanks all for today. We'll see you next week.